One man has a talk show on 77 WABC, and that man's name is... It's Dominic Carter. I am him. And with us now, Dominic Carter. Nice to be with you, Dominic. It gets better. You need to talk to Dominic Carter. It's about to go down. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good evening, good evening, good evening, folks. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy, was a great time had by all tonight here at the radio station. The Bolivia Frank Sinatra birthday bash with Joe Piscopo. The owner-operators of the station, John Katsimatidis, Marco Katsimatidis, taking part. A large crowd, plenty of food. And folks, I just put it on my Twitter, at Dominic TV, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. They're trying to get me, folks. They are trying to entice me. Curtis Lewa just left a plate full of, I thought they were croissants, but he's calling them something else. I, I don't know what they are. But And Bolivia Cupcakes, two inches from me. Curtis knows that I'm diabetic. No, Curtis, can't do it. Can't do it. I'm not touching him. Do uh, it, Dominic. Do, do it, it. Do it. Do it, Matt Blaze. Do now, it. Why would not? You, would you like the cupcakes? I had one already. And it's what did he good. say these things were? They look like croissants, but he says they're not croissants. The cannolis? No, it's something else. Not cannolis. They're croissants? The croissants. But they, croissants. <laughs> it's, called, it's called something else. Curtis oh, called it know. something else. Well, who knows what it is if Curtis called it something else? Th- this is true. It could be a burger for all I know. It's <laughs> Curtis Lewa. <laughs> Who knows did, what it did is? You, did you guys get some food tonight? Yeah, I got some food. I said I had some cupcakes, some, some I got of those some cannolis, big shrimp, and big shrimps. Yeah, the whole thing. So a nice little party we had here. Nice little party. Frank Sinatra's birthday. Well, the topics that we are going to get to right now: out, gone, finito. The president of UPenn, the board of trustees chair, resigns. After anti-Semitism, the hearing that was before that congressional committee just last week, the president tried to save her job with a video apology. You'll hear it in a moment, but it did not work. Donald Trump again beats Joe Biden in a new poll, this time from the Wall Street Journal. President Biden's political standing is at its weakest point of his presidency, according to this Wall Street Journal survey, with voters giving him his lowest job performance marks and favoring Donald Trump for the first time in a head-to-head test of the likely 2024 presidential matchup. Something Curtis Lee and I were just talking about. If Eric Adams resigned, guess who is leading the pack of potential successor? Andrew Cuomo. Folks, I could have told you when this all went down uh, with him that he was going to make a major return. And, uh, you know, we, we don't know what position yet, but but it's coming Cuomo is the front runner. Eric Adams, the mayor, has not been charged in an FBI probe, but a majority of voters think he should step down if that changes. 
Cuomo appeared today with Cindy Adams. I was in the car listening to the interview, and he was discussing whether he would be a candidate. You will hear what he had to say in just a minute. Let's go ahead and open up the phones, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Liz McGill, the president of the University of Pennsylvania, resigned Saturday just days after her congressional testimony on anti-Semitism drew fierce backlash from students, faculties, donors. I could have told her, Madam President, uh, you're, you're appearing arrogant. You, the president of MIT and Harvard, it appears that you're here begrudgingly and you're not taking this seriously. And at the end of the day, it has cost her her job. She, as well as the presidents of Harvard and MIT, they should all be gone. I don't say that lightly. And Tonight, the president of Harvard and MIT are facing increased calls to, quote, do the right thing after the UPenn resignation over campus anti-Semitism. Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard, you know how they had the trucks with the students' pictures driving around? Driving around Cambridge and uh, the Harvard campus are large pictures of the president, and it says, Claudine Gay, the best friend Hamas has ever had. Bears repeating, the best friend Hamas has ever had. The chair of the university's board of trustees announced the decision in a letter to the school community. He also submitted his uh, resignation, and Julie Pratt, the vice chair of the board of trustees was named interim chair by the board's executive committee. I want you to listen to former president McGill's uh, and she's staying on the interim basis until a new president is named. I want you to listen right to her two month, her two minute apology on her congressional testimony. There was a moment during yesterday's congressional hearing on anti-Semitism when I was asked if a call for the genocide of Jewish people on our campus would violate our policies. In that moment, I was focused on our university's longstanding policies aligned with the US Constitution, which say that speech alone is not punishable. I was not focused on, but I should have been. The irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. It's evil, plain and simple. I wanna be clear, a call for genocide of Jewish people is threatening, deeply so. It is intentionally meant to terrify a people who have been subjected to pogroms and hatred for centuries and were the victims of mass genocide in the Holocaust. In my view, it would be harassment or intimidation. For decades, under multiple Penn presidents and consistent with most universities, Penn's policies have been guided by the Constitution and the law. In today's world, where we are seeing signs of hate proliferating across our campus and our world in a way not seen in years, 
these policies need to be clarified and evaluated. Penn must initiate a serious and careful look at our policies. And Provost Jackson and I will immediately convene a process to do so. As president, I'm committed to a safe, secure, and supportive environment so all members of our community can thrive. We can and we will get this right. Well, it's too late for President McGill. She is done. She's been forced to resign at UPenn. I want you folks, we see all your calls coming in. We're about to start with them. I want you to listen to what this one student has to say, who happens to be Jewish. And Jewish students at UPenn are saying that McGill's uh, resignation simply is not enough that a lot still needs to change. This is what one student said before, emphasis on before her resignation. 36 hours ago, I, along with most of campus, sought refuge in our rooms. As classmates and professors chanted proudly for the genocide of Jews while igniting smoke bombs and defacing school property. The neighboring university's president immediately released a statement describing this as a brazen display of anti-Semitism. He went on saying, silence in the face of last night's demonstration of anti-Semitism and hate near our doorstep is not an option for me. Well, the doorstep of the neighboring university is in fact Penn. And in fact, Penn's president did choose silence. The neighboring university's president swiftly denounced the incident, and yet our president cannot. Because the glorious October 7th, and you're a dirty little Jew, you deserve to die, are words said not by Hamas, but by my classmates and professors. And because despite all of this, I am adamant and hopeful that we will not accept, least of all embrace, this horrific new normal on college campuses today. A student speaking from the heart about what is going on on the UPenn campus, of course, at Columbia, Harvard, MIT, a number of the Ivy Leagues, a number of schools in New York City. It simply has to stop. It has to stop. Two recent incidents, two recent incidents of anti-Semitism right here in New York City. A 40-year-old man dressed in Jewish religious garb, if you will, was enjoying the first night of Hanukkah when an unknown creep attacked him. And I'm not going to repeat what the guy said to him because I, I don't think it's, a, it's, it's appropriate, right? Then you had another man that was also attacked. And I want you folks to listen. And we're going to start with the calls on the opposite side of this. I want you to listen to a WNBC TV Channel 4 report about a man, a, a Hasidic man that was beat up anti-Semitism in his own backyard, meaning not the back, but actually the front of his own house, his own property. Police say these were intentional acts fueled by hate. It's a little blurry, but that's because of the swelling. The Cuts and blood covered Joshua Merenfeld's face. I got hit. In, uh, I think he was hitting me with something because at a certain point my face opened up. This is where I 
I fell. Looks like this is where I fell right there. Boot prints cover his jacket. Joshua was repeatedly stomped. He was wearing boots or something, so I just got kicked a bunch. And The beating was one thing. Definitely doesn't feel good to have this happen in your own front yard. But it's what the guy said that Joshua says cut him the deepest. Used a bunch of anti-Semitic uh, terminology and profanities. Did you hear what the man said? My face opened up. My face opened up. We see all the lines are lit up. So if you folks are trying to reach me uh, until another line becomes free, you can reach us at Twitter, on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at Dominic TV. I will be reading some of your live comments. I'm with you until 1 a.m. this morning. That's when Frank Morano comes in the other side of midnight. We're going to start with the calls, I promise. But I want you to hear this. So just like you folks, I'm listening to the radio today to Cindy's show, Cindy Adams show, and her guest happened to be Andrew Cuomo. Poll dropped over the weekend just days ago that if Eric Adams resigned, Andrew Cuomo is leading the pack of potential successors. Cindy Adams, being the great journalist that she is, Put the question to Cuomo today. Okay, so there have been rumors that you are thinking of maybe running for mayor of New York. What is that? Is it a rumor? Are we thinking about that? Don't lie to me as you might have possibly before. Could you just <laughs> tell me an answer? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so, so now we're into rumors. Okay. Look, uh, I support Mayor Adams. Mayor Adams, I still want to understand from law enforcement what they think he did wrong. Uh, If this is about the mayor called the fire department to say, can you uh, move a permit quickly in the bureaucracy? If that's the crime, you're going to have to lock up every elected official because every elected official calls an agency and says, can you move faster? Uh, the way they have treated him, I think, is wrong. I've never heard. I was the attorney general. I've been around a long time. I was in the federal government. I've never heard of serving a mayor in public where you walk up to him and say, give me your telephones and your laptop. Normally, you call the attorney. You send a subpoena. Uh, I think it was disrespectful. And when you do this to the mayor, you uh, you inhibit his jo- his ability to do his job, Cindy, and he has a big job to do. So uh, on top of everything else, you now put the mayor in a situation where he's not as strong as he should be when he has to be fighting Washington, when he has to be fighting Albany uh, to take care of New York City. Andrew, so, I've listened to you. Very carefully. I don't miss a word. I'm not sure you answered my question. Are you going to run against him for mayor? No, no, I support the mayor. And he's a friend, and I'm trying to help him every way I can. And uh, we should all support him, because if he doesn't do well, we don't do well, Cindy. Interesting. So here's the problem for Cuomo. And remember, I told you, folks, 
I, too, have been around politics a very long time. Cuomo will not challenge Eric Adams. He can't. And for the reason being racial politics, he cannot challenge the city's second black mayor. It, it, it would blow up in his face like it did when he challenged Carl McCall, an African-American, when he wanted to be governor. And Cuomo was basically told, wait a minute, you got to stand in line. McCall, it's his turn. It's his race to, to run. And of course, McCall lost. But um, Cuomo cannot challenge Eric Adams. He cannot. The only way that Andrew Cuomo can run for mayor is if is if uh, Eric Adams does not run again or if Eric Adams is indicted and steps down. And all of this is pure speculation. We do not know what's going to happen. A bit later, we're going to uh, talk about food insecurity. Our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, appeared on the Good Day New York program on Friday discussing the topic. We'll let you hear what he has to say. Plus, I'm going to let you hear a bit later part of Cindy Adams' extended conversation. So I have said to you folks that the reason why law enforcement is the way it is around the country is because the George Floyd case set us back as a country tremendously. We're tied to hands of police where police will put it, put in a corner where they're afraid to do their jobs. Cuomo is going to tell you the same exact thing when we played the second part an extended part of Cindy's uh, interview, Cindy Adams' interview. And one thing that uh, Andrew Cuomo did say that is completely correct was how the FBI served Mayor Adams. And I said this before, he was not treated fairly when he was served. The way that the FBI served him to receive his cell phone, iPad, was totally disrespectful. You do not serve a mayor of New York City in public. As Cuomo said, and I made the same argument weeks ago, that's something that's done by the lawyers. The lawyers get a heads up. His lawyers call. The lawyer gets the information. They turn it in. But I guess the FBI didn't want uh, the Adams team to get the opportunity to, if you will, clean up certain things that may may or may not have been on the phone, the iPad, and so on. But Cuomo is right. Adams was treated wrongly in that regard. It was very disrespectful. Let's start with your telephone calls, Kay and the Bronx. Good evening, Kay. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, Dominic. Hi. Go right um, ahead, please. Okay, sure. Now, what, what people need to do people that donate to these colleges is to stop donating, forcing all of these um, people out of, out of their positions, all these college administrators that are promoting Hamas and wokeism. Also, uh, you know what, Kay, um, it, Kay, it's a good idea, but let me tell you why it won't work. These Ivies have let such, me just say one thing. wait, let me respond first a- and then you can have your say. These endow- sure. these these Ivy League schools have such large endowments. You're not going to make a dent. But but for a practical matter, I do agree with you. Now go ahead, please. What uh, what uh, retired school teachers need to do is to come in and try to teach these students. 
wait, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. You, you lost me on that one, Kay. What? What? Retired school teachers need to step up and try to see about getting these students out. But I guess the woke won't allow it. The yeah, the I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. For a, a practical matter, I don't. Even, you're saying they should teach college kids? I'm not following, Kay. They should come out of retirement and offer to take those positions. Well, but therein lies another problem. Many of these, for example, the University of uh, Pennsylvania's president, you can't get rid of her. And you know why you can't get rid of her? She's tenured. So she's going right back to teach at the law school. So many of these professors, and Kay, thank you so much for the call. Many of these professors are on a college level, a collegiate level. You cannot get rid of them. They have tenure, and that's it, which basically means a lifetime appointment, basically, and it's almost impossible to get rid of them. John in Brooklyn, good evening. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic, good to talk to you. Uh, I'll, I'll try to be brief since I know you have a lot of calls, and I want to mention something else quickly. But I understand that Representative... Stefanik and Bill Ackman, the Wall Street financier who wants to ban students who protested in favor of Palestine from getting jobs on Wall Street, have publicly called for both Harvard and MIT's president to resign. Yes, that's true. And and and, and Ackman has gone a step further, basically saying that the president of Harvard only got her job because of this uh, div- diversity, basically an affirmative action type uh, situation. I don't know her credentials. I, I, I'm sure she's well educated. Here's something that is breaking news. Christopher Ruf- Rufo of the Manhattan Institute, and I, I just saw this online before calling, has found out that apparently she plagiarized part of her PhD dissertation. Right. I well see I, I'm not willing to, to I, I'm not gonna say that's that's affirmative, definitely right. yes. I, I, I would never jump out the window or as a journalist on something like that unless I dotted my eyes and crossed my T's. Because one person is making that allegation doesn't make it so. True, I understand. But still that's interesting. Another thing I want to point out is as you are probably aware there was another pro-Palestine protest, and I can't believe our esteemed mayor did not try to stop it, because it went from the Brooklyn Museum, went across the Brooklyn Bridge to City Hall, then went up to Washington Square Park, and then from Washington Square Park went to Penn Station and Times Square. Okay, so so wait, 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 wait. So why would the mayor stop it? Because people were harassing the public, that's why. There, it, there it, are depend, documented- it, dep- it depends on how you define harassment. You can't just say, what I'm trying to say to you, it, you have to have definitive reasons, John. You, you want to shut it down just because of, of what they're saying. And in theory, I agree with you, but it doesn't work that way. So, so if they don't have a permit and they're, and they're blocking a bridge, that's reasons to shut it down. But you, you've got to have an official reason. You just can't shut it down because we don't like it. That's a valid point, unfortunately. But but still, this is the same woman who I had mentioned before, Nadine Kiswani. Right. But that's not a reason to shut it down. Yeah, yeah. She, so. She's smart enough to know the letter of the law, 
and and how far to push it. Listen, again, in theory, John, I agree with you. I wish that we could just shut them all down. Nobody wants to hear that, and I almost slipped and said something I'm not supposed to say on the radio. Nobody wants to hear that nonsense. You know, especially it's holiday time. We, we, you know, the country, the world is still grieving for for people that are being held hostage. And by the way, I know you know, John, Hamas has already said that if they their demands are not met, they're going to kill every single one of them. Right. And, and, and this is why I said to the WABC audience that said, Israel, attack, attack, attack. I said, if let them get as many hostages as they could out first and then attack, attack, attack. John, thank you so much for the uh, call. Let's go to Michael in New Jersey. Good evening, Michael. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, the uh, governor, the the ex-governor, never answered her question. He said, I wouldn't run against Mayor Adams. What she meant was, if they throw him out of office, are you going to run? He, he went about it in a round way. He, he wouldn't answer the question, which means that, yes, he probably will run. Now, if the city of New York votes him in, they deserve what he does, because he is the one who signed the bill, which took away ba- uh, money to ba- bail people out. You know, they can leave after committing a crime. There's no, ca- no cash bail. He's the one who was 100% against the death penalty. He was a horrible, horrible, terrible governor, and he'll be a lousy mayor. Hey, Michael, so, Michael, let's say you're right on every point you just made, right? Oh, I'm, I'm right. Okay, wait, right. wait, 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 yeah. wait. Let's say you're right on every point you just made. He's beloved in the black community. How do you get around that? Well, you know what? If they put him in, he's going to allow crime in the black community to continue. And I hate to say this. But they deserve what they get. Like you say, elections have consequences. Maybe one day black people will wake up and they'll say, you know what? We're tired of being shot by drive-bys. We're tired of being carjacked. We're tired of our children, our babies being shot. Maybe we shouldn't vote for these people. Or they can say, we don't care. We don't care if they shoot us. We don't care if they shoot our children. We don't care if they shoot our babies. And we'll keep living like this. But I'll tell you one thing, the rest of the white people and the the small percentage of black people who think the way you do will vacate the city and New York will become just another black crime-ridden ghetto. And that's what it's going to lead to. You know, it's interesting, Michael, that you make that point. Um, I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, uh, but you know I I live in the suburbs. I live in Rockland County, right? Right. I, I don't even want to stay in a hotel in New York City anymore. Now, like I said, now, yeah. now, no, wait, 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 wait. What I'm telling myself, I don't know how honest I'm being with myself. I'm telling myself that I, I just, I can't deal with the noise of the city. And, and I am going to be honest on this front. It's going to sound terribly insensitive. I don't want to see the homeless in front of me. Oh, I got to give somebody $5 who won't let me walk into McDonald's unless he opens the door for me and then shakes me down for money. I I don't want to deal with it. Go ahead. You have the final say before I take a break. Like I said, black people who think the way you do, right, who don't want to be victims of crime and they don't want their families to be victims of crime, they'll move into the suburbs. It's not just white people who are going to leave. 
It's black people, Spanish people, anybody who says, I can't live like this. I cannot live. This is not life. This is, this is a torture. But the people who, who say, well, it doesn't matter to me. I've lived with it all these years. I'll continue to live with it. It's just the way things are. And they'll stay in the city like the people in Detroit. Detroit is call- a, a man calls up the police in Detroit and he says they, they, they're in the process of stealing my car. He said, so the cop told him, did they shoot anybody? He said, no. He said, well, then we don't make calls for car theft. Come down to the precinct tomorrow and fill out a report. And by the way, do you own a gun? He said, no, I don't own a gun. He said, why don't you own a gun? You live in Detroit. He said, well, I just moved here. He said, well, my advice to you is go and get a gun. This actually happened. Right? That's the way New York is going to be. And you're, and you're telling me he actually told the man, go and get a gun. Well, according to what they say, yeah. Or whatever it is. Uh, but, see, but, see, but wait, wait. That's the key words. According to what they say. That means, well, uh, that makes my eyebrows go up. Well, you know what it is? That's, it, it's like an understanding. Go In Detroit, they don't, the police don't come out if they're stealing your car. The only time they come out is if someone gets shot. That's how bad the crime is. And that's the way New York is going to become. Right. I, I, I hear you, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for the call. I don't know what. Cuomo's intentions are, but it's a lot of ifs, you know, if Adams is indicted, if Adams steps down, knowing Adams personality, I I don't see him stepping down if he was indicted and we're jumping the gun because there there are no indications that, that he's going to be indicted. Who knows what tomorrow holds? Who knows? It is now time for a break. When we come back, former president Donald Trump yet again is beating President Joe Biden in a poll. W-A-B-C. And we are back. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. More of your calls in a second. President Biden's political standing, surprise, 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 is at its weakest point of his presidency. A new Wall Street Journal poll finds voters giving him the lowest job performance marks and favoring Donald Trump. For the first time in a head-to-head test of the likely 2024 presidential matchup. So we'll see what will happen, who will win. But to those folks that used to call up and say, Dominic, you know, you favor Trump, 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 Trump. It, it Could it be that I was, it has nothing to do with who I favor, but the handwriting's on the wall. Could it be that I was just telling you what, just like I did, every pundit in the world says, I told you the first time Trump was going to, no, they didn't. I was one of the first and only people that said he was going to win. And I'm telling you now he's going to win. So Biden lags behind Trump by four percentage points, 47 to 43 on a hypothetical ballot with only those two candidates. Trump's lead expands to six points, 37 to 31 when five potential third party and independent candidates are added to the mix. Not looking good. 
for the uh, Democrats. And that's not personal. I'm just telling you folks the, the way it is. We, we have the situation as it relates to the, the presidents at the Ivy League schools, the president at UPenn, out, question mark, as it relates to Harvard and MIT, the presidents there. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Good evening, Larry. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Larry, are you with me? Hi, yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you something you probably won't hear anywhere else. Um, okay, I'm going to put this, what the president, these president of the universities did in context, pun intended, okay, pun intended. About a month ago, after uh, the Israeli war broke out, there was a debate, uh, about a 12-minute debate on the air between Alan Dershowitz and Cornell West over, the, over Hamas's attack. And Cornell West continuously used the word context, context, context. And all three Harvard presidents, they tried to apply what he said out of context by using the word context where the word didn't apply. Okay, okay so okay. wait, Larry, wait, wait, let me ask you a question. Why, yeah. uh, why are you talking to me like Cornell West is an expert? No, 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 no. You're missing, let me, let me clarify my okay, point. Okay, but, not, but you got to get to the point. I, you got to get to the point. I never Go said ahead. he was, I'm saying... These women are following Cornell West. They're his. He's like wait, their wait, wait, god. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Now that's okay. ridiculous, Larry. You're, the, Why? The, 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 these are million-dollar college presidents, and they're going to follow some clown like Cornell West. That's my whole point. But they're Larry, a bunch of three but, whores. But do you they're think? Whores. But do you, uh, what? What makes you think they're following Cornell West? Because I'll tell you why. Because they all said the same thing. That doesn't mean they're following Cornell West. Do you really believe? Wait, wait, Larry. I'm going to let you speak. Do you really believe that a highly educated idiot that happens to be a college president, right? You can be highly educated and still be an idiot. And do you really believe that these presidents, with their million dollar salaries, million dollar houses, food budget? Alcohol budget, entertainment budget. They're gonna listen to some clown like Cornell West. Do you really well, believe they that? Don't th- they, they don't think he's a clown. Yes, they're a bunch they do. Of- yes, they do. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I think they're leftist whores. That's all they are. That's right, so, then, so then, why not say that? Not why why are you making? Why, okay, but why are you making? You're giving Cornell West way too much credit. Uh, he's idolized. He's 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 no, like he's, he's lionized. No, he's not. In, in, no, he's in, not. In, uh, in uh, the no. Ivy circles. No, well, to to a certain degree. To a certain. If he, degree. If, not, Dominic, not, if not, he would not, run, not not at the college president level. Uh, I don't know about that. He wants to be president of the United States. He That's wants to be everything. He wants to criticize Obama. He wants to love Obama. He wants to criticize Trump. He's all over the place. He wants to be a rapper. He wants to be with the community. He wants to be an intellectual. You just rubbed me the wrong way bringing up Cornell West. But anyway, well, go listen, ahead. I, I, I just thought it was more of a coincidence that all of, the, all of them would use the word context out of context, okay? Because there is no context. When you threaten Jewish people with genocide, Agreed. there's no context. Agreed. There's no context. Agreed. So, so you're saying they're so intelligent, but they applied the word context out of context. You know, I mean, Cornell West used the word in terms of the context of the Israeli-Palestinian now, situation. Who cares to, what? To, to please do me a favor, Larry. Stop quoting Cornell West. Who cares right, what he I'm, says? I'm saying by analogy, yeah, they use the word okay, context. Listen, do me a favor. You're giving him way too much credit. And on this show, 
I'm not giving him credit. He's a husky. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying they're a bunch of whores, these women. Right. They but, follow him blindly. Well, well, what what college president have you ever met that's not a politician, Larry? They're Listen, all politicians. Leaders. They should they, be they, leaders. They, no, what what college president you ever met that's a leader, Larry? Come on. They, they, they're out there to raise money and keep True. the campus in check. That's what their job is. A you leader. Probably, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A leader? Come on. What, le- okay, what but Name th- one college yeah. that has a president that's a leader. It's not about being a leader. It's about how much, raising the endowment, how much money you can raise, and, yeah. and, and, and that's about it. Unfortunately, you're right, but hopefully maybe things will change. We got to get rid of the la- the other two also. They got to go, and maybe and maybe we'll see some change, and maybe there will be some leaders what, coming what in. They, what, where they screwed up at, Larry, they went before that hearing last week and they were terribly arrogant terribly yep. arrogant they 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 fell for what i call a, as a debate moderator they fell for the okie doke stefanik set them up and they fell for it hook line and sinker and it's costing them their jobs they're going to drop one after the other the president right. at, at harvard she's not going to make it she's not going to make it. she's going to try and resist and she might try and hide for racial cover but eventually she's not going to make it well said, Dominic. They fell for the okie doke. I bet you they were all coached by Obama instead of Cornell West. They probably were coached by Obama. How about you substitute Obama for Cornell West? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who they were coached by. But Larry, thank you so much for the call. Let's go to Audrey, also in Brooklyn. Good evening, Audrey. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Thank you for taking my call. Um, first of all, um, great show. I just um, having my voice got together. I'm just wondering now. Um, the resignation of the uh, Penn, uh, Penn State president, she's still going to be on board. My question is, why even bother um, if, it, if it, this woman, actually she had made statements prior to um, October 7th. Why now? Why haven't someone said something earlier? I understand what's happening, the anti-Semitic um, um rhetoric and stuff but what bothers me is, is this is some, this is not new and i'm so tired of people pretending that this is new it needs to stop all over the world and it's it's sad but it's it's not going to stop you know so by her quitting it's not going to change anything but what about we just do the overall and just let these private institutions do don't beat me up please i know you don't beat me up no no but audrey you gotta get to the point audrey audrey you you said nothing's going to change Come no, on, I mean, as far as the racism is not okay, going to change. Okay, wait, no Audrey, 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 Audrey. You don't that, believe that? that? Audrey, no, I don't. And let me tell you how I know it's not true. The next okay. president that comes in, what's the wor- What's the one thing they're going to make sure they don't do? Oh, oh, I don't know. Are you talking about the uh, university? Right, UPenn. The next, <laughs> president, the next president that comes in is going to say, I will take every concern of the Jewish community very, very but why not seriously. Everybody dominate. Why, no, no, no. I mean, but right, but right now, right now, we're talking about okay. anti-Semitism. Can I and, say one and, more thing, please? And, wait, you don't okay. mind? Yeah, I just well, want to say one, just one second, Audrey. One second. The, 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 the other thing is that okay. Let Let's say I'm the president of UPenn. Uh, mm-hmm. president Carter. Uh, the Pal- Palestinian writers want to hold a conference. This is a true story hold a conference here on campus. My, you know what my response would have been? Hell no. Uh, absolute, hell no. I, I don't care how it looks. As a matter of fact, I do want it to go out to look this way. You're not welcomed here. Absolutely not. I would even threaten to fire the vice, print, the vice president that, that brought that to me. 
How stupid can she be, it's too late now, to to let Palestinian writers, after all what's going on, hold a conference on campus? Why would you do that? Now, you wanted to make another point. Go ahead. And um, um, I'll just, I forgot the guy's name, but... um, 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 I don't vote because um, uh, someone's running because they're black. I vote because of their candidacy or what they do. And um, I don't care if they're, they're green, if they're good candidates. So, and yeah, Adam's got to go, but Cuomo can't come in. And I've been voting for 53 years, and I don't care what color you are. Just do the right thing. Thanks for taking my call. How was your weekend? My weekend was <laughs> fine. Thank you, Audrey. You have a, uh, you have a lovely uh, morning. Well, we have, what, 14 minutes left to the evening to uh, Sunday night. So enjoy it. And enjoy your Monday. Let's go to Kevin in Detroit. Good evening, Kevin. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, Dominic. Hey, I called you up just to confirm that that gentleman's statement is so true. The cops didn't tell me to go buy a gun, but my truck was stolen, and I called up the cops to come so out. So you're, you're the guy. Report. You're the actual guy. Is that what you're telling me or another incident? No, my truck was actually stolen. Okay, but wait, listen. Are you the one that, that that's the person in, in question about this incident, or is your situation separate? No, my my incident is separate. Okay, you're in, okay. so now go ahead, please. Thank you. Okay, so my truck was stolen, and I called up, and I said, hey, my truck was stolen. And they're like, well, you got to come down and fill out a report. So I said, no, that's not right. So I hung up, called back, got the same dispatcher. She goes, sir, we're not coming out take a report. I had to put my rollerblades on and go down two miles and and fill out a report. They would not come out to the to the property. And when I complained to my property where I lived, they said, "Well, if you wanted a gated community, you should have moved to a gated community." There was it was just an unbelievable experience. From and and I moved out here from New York. So I, I'm going to be honest with you, Kevin, and I really shouldn't say this. The response that you received, this is what happens when affirmative action goes too far. I, I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, because, I'm, not, I'm not because, saying because, that. I'm just saying it, that. Go ahead. I don't I'm, saying I'm, I'm, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. If you look, if you look at the attitudes, for example, of the attitudes of some of the toll collectors, I know you're in, in Michigan, Kevin. But in New York, the toll collectors, they used to have some of the worst attitudes ever. Right up there with the, uh, with the transit workers. And so, poof, you look now, we have no more toll workers. And so this is what happens when affirmative action goes bad and there's no accountability. No police official should be telling you that, Kevin. So how, how does your situation turn out? Oh, uh, the situation turned out that I went out, filled out our action report. And the insurance company paid for my truck, and that was the end of that. But it was just that it was just from moving out from the East Coast to here, and the cops telling me that they're not coming out to take a report. It was just a shocking thing. Like, are you kidding me? You're not coming out? It's yeah, that's like, ridiculous. That I got that I got a rollerblade down to a precinct to fill out a report. That was just and and so that gentleman saying that like. I don't believe that's going to happen in New York. I don't think it'll ever get that bad, but hmm. it's hmm. not good. Hmm. It's not good. Kevin in Detroit, thank you so much for the call. So I mentioned Cindy Adams' interview earlier today with former Governor Andrew Cuomo, in which a new poll shows that he's the leading candidate if Adams is forced to resign. And 
And he said he supports Adam, which is a way of uh, punting and not answering the question. But that was the response that he gave. But what I found interesting, I want you to listen. This is going to run about uh, five or six minutes right now to another part of the interview. Because Cuomo said what I have been telling you folks for months. The George Floyd case set the country back enormously in terms of good law enforcement. Police scared to death to do their jobs because they know all it takes is one person with a cell phone, whether it's a full depiction of what happened, it doesn't matter. You can edit it and then boom, your career is over. Folks, listen to this. I found it very telling. So it was raining. I'm driving and I was listening listening to Cindy Adams this afternoon. Of course, I, my day starts out listening to the Cats Roundtable. We'll hear a bit later what Mr. Katsimatidis has to say about food insecurity. But I want just listen, folks, to what I know that Cuomo is not liked in many circles. But listen to what he's saying. This is Cindy Adams with former Governor Andrew Cuomo earlier today. How did New York get so bad so quickly, New that's York heck, City. New that, York. That, that's a heck of a question, and I'll tell you, I'm writing, uh, I'm working on a piece uh, as a former HUD secretary. I was HUD secretary, Housing and Urban Development, which basically is in charge of all the cities. And uh, one thing I learned: cities are organic beings, right? Cities change. You and I, Cindy, we remember New York City of the 70s and the 80s and the 60s. Cities change. Post-COVID, there is a different reality for a city. And cities are going to have to understand that and remake themselves. Post-COVID, remote work, I don't have to go to the city anymore. Uh, The city was the place where my office was. And I had to go there. I don't have to go there anymore. And now I only go there if I want to go there. So in New York City, the occupancy rate has dropped dramatically. They're not coming back to work five days a week or four days a week. Uh, And when you when you drop the occupancy, that hurts the office building, certainly, but the restaurant and the bar and the shoemaker, everybody suffers. Uh, and then you have issues in the city, uh, like crime, like homelessness, that are aggravating. I'm afraid uh, to go. Uh, I'm afraid of uh, some homeless who could be uh, dangerous. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, and this yes, is now yes. compounding the problem. So I'll stay home and I'll work. Or, Cindy, I'll move to a different place in the country because now I'm mobile, baby. Uh, I don't have to be in New York. And I can move to another state where the taxes are lower. And I don't have to shovel snow. And I don't have to go out there in 10 degrees. But you can't have what New York has. You can't have what New York has in Cockamamie, Arizona. New York is New York, and I don't understand how it got 
so bad, so quickly. I was walking on Park Avenue the other day, and in front of a building in the 50s on Park Avenue, there was a guy flat out, whatever he was, dead or not dead, sleeping right on the sidewalk in front of a high-class building. What the hell is that? What is happening to the police? What is happening to us in general? What is happening to running the city of New York? Yeah. There's a lot of questions in there. Obviously. Yeah, well, I got nothing else to do but talk to you. So tell me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The, the homeless problem, uh, I started working on the homeless problem in my 20s, as you know. Uh, I've never seen it this bad. And I think you have uh, people who are more focused on the civil rights, uh, the abstract. I'll go back to the abstract progressives. The civil rights of a homeless person to lay on the sidewalk rather than the human right of a person to get the care that they need. Uh, how it's humane to say, well, that the person has a right to sleep on the park bench or a subway. If the person is mentally ill, you're not doing them any favors arguing their civil rights to be in a dangerous situation. Uh, the crime issue, we never recovered from the George Floyd incident, which traumatized this nation, which uh, disrupted the reputation between the police and the community, uh, and reduced the respect and the trust between the police community. And I don't think we've ever recovered. I think the police don't feel trusted by the community, and they're reticent. Uh, to get involved because they think they can be second-guessed and criticized. Uh, you had that whole defund the police movement, yeah. Yeah. which was very big in New York City. Uh, we don't need police. You want to talk about uh, a, a, a non-productive, quote-unquote, progressive policy? Yeah, you don't need police. Uh, if you are in a situation where you're rich and living in an apartment building uh, in Manhattan, but if you're out in Queens or Brooklyn uh, and you don't have any other support, when you dial 911, you want someone to come. So that defund the police happened at the same time. Uh, and we then have a quote-unquote progressive mentality. Nobody should go to jail. You know, you have judges. Oh, that's an idiot. That's another idiot. Yeah. That's another imbecile. Okay. So you put it all together with that post-COVID situation and the reduction in occupancy and you have a real problem. And I'll tell you what's, what's going to tip it over if we're not careful is the finances. Because when you put on top of that a budget deficit, now you have a real problem. And Mayor Adams has a budget deficit. And I will tell you something, Cindy. How New York City got saddled with the migrant issue and New York City taxpayers are called upon to pay for the migrant issue. Yeah. There is no legal, moral or practical basis for that. The federal government was responsible for the migrant issue. And they should have been placing them, not that they show up on buses because some southern governor decides to send them to New York. They should be paying. They should be placing. The state should be contributing. Why are they only in New York City? 
Why aren't they upstate? Why aren't they in other communities? Why just New York City? Where are the progressives arguing for the migrants saying they shouldn't all be stuck in a hotel in New York City? We have uh, cities upstate that are depopulated. We have agriculture upstate. Why aren't we bringing them upstate? It would be better for the migrants. You picked uh, Hochul. Why did you select Hochul? The, uh, I selected her for lieutenant governor uh, was the selection that I made. Um, and uh, factually, uh, I was going, if I remained as governor, I was, I was going to make a change even in that. Uh, but it's not just the governor. You know, you're now in a different situation. You have a legislature that is more powerful than it has been in decades. And in many ways, uh, the question should go to them. And they are New York City residents. That's what I find interesting, Cindy. They're assemblymen and senators from New York City. Why are you having your constituents pay this cost, which has, is, is no responsibility of New York City? On top of everything else, you, this is where you're going to put the migrant problem? I mean, it's lunacy. It is really lunacy. And it's unfair. And it's all politics, see, because they want to concentrate the migrants in New York City because they don't want the political problem. I know that. I know that. Or in the Mid-Hudson or anywhere else. So you're, you're doing a disservice to the migrants. And you're overburdening New York City at a time when the city can't afford it because the migrant problem, the migrant problem aggravates the crime problem, aggravates the post-COVID problem where people don't want to come. Uh, and that's, that, that's the negative synergy. Okay, folks, we are going to uh, sum that up. When we come back, we'll be right back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Uno. He's your numero uno. One man has a talk show on 77 WABC, and that man's name is... It's Dominic Carter. I am him. And with us now, Dominic Carter. Nice to be with you, Dominic. It gets better. You need to talk to Dominic Carter. It's about to go down. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good morning. Hope you folks had a great weekend. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. We just finished listening to, we see all your calls. I promise we are going to get to them. We just finished listening to former Governor Andrew Cuomo with Cindy Adams. Uh, Sunday afternoon, I was in the car, raining hard listening to the interview. I would have pushed him harder. But, you know, sometimes when you're doing these interviews, things happen. But 
read between the lines. Read between the lines of what Cuomo said, right? He said, and he tried to do it in a nice way, that he was going to dump Hochul if he ran again. Point blank. That's what he just said. So think about this for a second, how fast things can change in politics. Kathy Hochul was a, politically speaking, was a a dead woman standing. Her career probably would have been over. She would have been dumped from the ticket. She would have went back to Buffalo. Her husband and herself would have had a great life, and that's that. Maybe she would have interviewed, been involved with politics at a later time, but uh, for now, her career would have been over because Cuomo, as you just heard him say, in a nice way, though, that he was going to dump her. Very, very interesting. We have the situation at UPenn. The president out, gone. The right thing to do. Madam President, you screwed up in Washington. You should have came to that conference with more respect for the issue of anti-Semitism, and you should have been taking more action. And I hope that the presidents of MIT and Harvard are listening very carefully because you're next. The Hunter Biden situation. I haven't really given you my thoughts on this, so here are a couple of thoughts. So obviously, a trial would be embarrassing for father and son alike. So the alleged law-breaking is only part of the story. The How far Hunter Biden went is also a great deal of this story. So Biden himself, Hunter Biden, has written about his conduct while he struggled with drug and alcohol addiction following the death of his uh, brother in 2015. I have enormous respect for people dealing with drug and alcohol addiction, uh, you know, but by the grace of God. But the situation with Hunter Biden, oh, it went way, way, way too far. So a trial would bring fresh attention to his lifestyle that, according to the indictment, included tons of money on drugs, escorts, okay, let's call it for what it is, prostitutes, girlfriends, luxury hotels, rental properties, exotic cars, clothing, other items of a personal nature. In short, spending money on everything but his taxes while the rest of us struggle to survive and pay our taxes. And then you have the Wall Street Journal poll for the first time in the Wall Street Journal showing that Trump is beating Biden. You folks can't see me right now, but the handwriting is on the wall. The handwriting is on the wall. Shoplifting so bad around the country. In a moment, we're going to tell you what they're doing in San Francisco, which seems to be like shoplifting central, the self-checkout lanes. I'll give you a hint. Benito, gone. They they can't afford to do it. The self-checkout lanes, people are entitled entitling themselves to more than what they paid for. 
We uh, see a lot, of, a lot of you folks want to talk about Cuomo. So let's start with, uh, let's. well, Robert has been holding for a while. Let's go to Robert in Brooklyn. Good morning, Robert. What's on your mind? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, well, a few points. First of all, in terms of uh, Liz Miguel of Penn, and also there's the Harvard, head of Harvard and MIT, you know, I think we shouldn't just focus on them. It so happens those three were the ones who were there in front of Stefanik, and they answered the way they, the horrific way they answered. But let's remember, if all the college presidents would be asked that question at that point, if they would have answered differently. Obviously, now they would never say what they, they learned from that mistake. They would never be honest. I, I, I think other but presidents you, would have answered differently. They, they brought the arrogance of uh, presidents of Ivy League institutions, and it uh, shows. So Columbia, you think Columbia would have been different? Or, and no, no, never no. mind just Columbia well, and all these other places. What about the public schools like Hillside High School? I mean, what's the deal over in Hillside High School? And, you know, at least with these private places, they feel a little bit of responsibility because they're scared about private donations. Hillside High School, you know, it's a public place. They they don't feel like, you know, they, they, they could take their time. They don't care. They right. do whatever it's, they it's want. It's Hillcrest. And, you know, Hillcrest High School. But go ahead. Hillcrest. I'm sorry. And um, now, another thing is, um, you know, in terms of um, now, she mentioned just one point, by the way. It's interesting because she talked about this, uh, Liz McGill, about what well, she was thinking about freedom of speech. You know, it is interesting because they, if freedom of speech, it seems like Trump people, people who support Trump, they don't have freedom of speech. So they, they, to that extent, it's true. It's just that so she takes away Trump people, their freedom of speech from them, but their genocide, they, they, that's, that's, that's okay, right? So, but, you know, at least, you know, on a side, apparently Elon Musk had restored Alex Jones' Twitter account, whatever you think of him, but whatever. But now the other thing is, in terms of uh, Israel, you know, uh, Caroline Glick recently mentioned, uh, she just put out that, is this guy Amos Hochstein, who apparently works, represents the Biden administration. They're pressing Israel to give up property for some sort of a ceasefire with his bowler, including part of Golan Heights, which Trump recognized the wonderful President Trump, the best friend Israel ever had. He recognized Israel's sovereignty of the Golan Heights. And you have this administration pressing for a two-state solution with I don't know who, and uh, now pressing for something to get up to Golan Heights with Lebanon or something, which that property was, you know, conquered from Syria. But, you know, um, now in terms of Cuomo, you know, I could never vote for, I would never want to vote for Cuomo. I hope he's not the best choice because I don't forgive him for what happened with the nursing homes. Many people lost loved ones. It was horrific the way things went down. And I don't forgive him. And um, See, I, I, know, hear, Eric, I, I, I hear you, Robert. I have to move on for other calls. I hear you. But but herein lies the problem. I see a number of you want to tee off against Cuomo. But herein lies the problem that that you're not dealing with. And I hate to be the one to tell you, but I'm going to shake you and say it's time to deal with the political reality. So there is a reason why Cuomo has gone to black churches and uh, and his redemption tour. And so the reason why he's leading in this poll should Adams be forced to step down is because Cuomo would come with, as he's always had, a solid block of the black vote. We can, you can dislike him all you want to. One, do you live in the city? Are you a registered voter? And two, he has this support 
in communities of color, not just the black community, the Latino community. Then you consider liberal whites, progressive whites. That's a coalition that could make him the mayor of New York City. We see all of your calls from New Jersey to Queens, Rockland, Brooklyn, more calls from Queens. But we were just talking to Robert about President uh, McGill at uh, at uh, UPenn, just forced to step down. I want you to listen again, folks, to what she had to say. Now, this is when she was she had already testified and they had already screwed up at the congressional hearing. And she was on the ropes. The the governor of Pennsylvania, the senators of uh, Pennsylvania wanted her gone, wanted her gone. And she did this video trying to save her job, but it did not work. There was a moment during yesterday's congressional hearing on anti-Semitism when I was asked if a call for the genocide of Jewish people on our campus would violate our policies. In that moment, I was focused on our university's longstanding policies aligned with the U.S. Constitution, which say that speech alone is not punishable. I was not focused on, but I should have been. The irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. It's evil, plain and simple. I want to be clear, a call for genocide of Jewish people is threatening, deeply so. It is intentionally meant to terrify a people who have been subjected to pogroms and hatred for centuries and were the victims of mass genocide in the Holocaust. In my view, it would be harassment or intimidation. For decades, under multiple Penn presidents and consistent with most universities, Penn's policies have been guided by the Constitution and the law. In today's world, where we are seeing signs of hate proliferating across our campus and our world in a way not seen in years, these policies need to be clarified and evaluated. Penn must initiate a serious and careful look at our policies, and Provost Jackson and I will immediately convene a process to do so. As president, I'm committed to a safe, secure, and supportive environment so all members of our community can thrive. We can and we will get this right. No, you won't, Madam President. You're going back to the law school as a tenured professor, interim president into a new president is named. And unfortunately, you have nobody else to blame but yourself. That horrible arrogant performance in Washington on the issue of anti-Semitism. The one good thing out of this is that you can take it to the bank. The next president of UPenn is going to deal with the issue of anti-Semitism very, very seriously. And I, I get it on free speech, but it's just not smart. And the climate of what's going on, to allow Palestinian writers to come to campus and, and, and have a conference. Who's making that decision? It is what it is. Now, let's go right back to the telephone calls. Pamela, New Jersey. Good morning, Pamela. What's on your mind? Good morning. I, I listened to that interview, and, uh, man, what a smooth operator. He is really something. Uh, he said he wouldn't run against Adams, but he didn't say he wouldn't run. 
and blaming the migrants. Hmm, isn't he the one who called ICE thugs? Hmm, interesting. And then he made reference to the Southern governor wanting to get like a, uh, you know, Southern uh, aspect to that, uh, how he emphasized that. Really, really interesting. And um, let's see, didn't he do no bail? Hmm. And isn't he the one that caused a lot of the chaos in the city by not receiving help from Trump and causing the city to be in chaos? And didn't he destroy a lot of those businesses? I remember during COVID, there wasn't much to do but listen to all the poor bar owners talk about how they were trying to survive and being arrested and closing down their businesses. Hmm. I tell you, he's good. But I tell you, I'm going to quote Ed Koch. If you vote for him, the voters deserve what they get. They will have to suffer. I, I hear you. I hear you, Pamela. But guess what? In all likelihood, he's coming back and he's coming back oh, yeah. strong. I mean, oh, yeah. It, it, you see, when, 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 when he said, when he makes comments like, right, America was never that great, that's a mm-hmm. direct play to the black community. Because he knows yep. that's what the black community wants to hear. That translates into, I'm going to vote for Cuomo. And it doesn't matter, frankly, uh, what other constituencies stay, say. As long as he's got that black, Latino, uh, progressive, white coalition, if Adams is out the way, he can't challenge Adams because Adams is a black mayor and, and the race tag would be all over Cuomo. He can't afford that politically. But if Adams is gone, Andrew Cuomo is the next mayor of New York City, if if Adams is gone. so And he made that Southern reference. I like that how he said that Southern governor, you know, like making that reference, like to get votes, you know, uh, I tell you, he is, he is incredibly, but you know, those of us, many of us, most of us can see right through it. I mean, he is polished. He is, he is so polished. Fair enough. Fair enough, Pamela. Thank you so much for your call. Gracie, Rockland County. Good morning, Gracie. What's on your mind? Well, first of all, I'm home. Uh, I, I we Welcome got in back. Uh, Welcome back. Six thirty this morning. Okay, go, Pamela. Go a hundred percent. I wrote all her points down. The only new two new points I had, but you said one of them was, boy, Hochul was good, but now no good. We're throwing her under the bus. And New York didn't have the problems uh, uh, with the Floyd. Wait, wait, Gracie. Wait, Gracie. I want you to make your point. He always wanted to throw Hochul under the bus. She was persona non grata. <laughs> Under Cuomo, she was out there on an island by herself as lieutenant governor. It was clear that her career was over. But it's funny how things work because the giant himself ended up going down and the person that was put on the side ends up becoming governor. But go ahead. Okay. Uh, The only thing with Floyd, oh, we didn't have problems in New York City with Floyd. What about the plywood on all the stores on Fifth Avenue and the graffiti on St. Patrick's? No, we didn't have any problems. That, of course, they didn't show it on the New York television, but my friend from California, they showed it, and uh, she sent me the video. Now about McGill. McGill, she believes what she said, so she's going to say her poison, her leftist poison, to the uh, to the young lawyers, you know, the law, law students. And context, context is a very important word. Context means you could say whatever you want if you're on the left, but forget about being on the right. And political reality, sure. 
they're all always dummies, dummies black and white. But the worker people are going to leave New York City and what the hell in New York State? Who's going to end up paying the taxes? Thank you, Dominic, for bingo. letting me get all these points bingo, out. Bingo, bingo, Gracie. Who's going to pay the bill? And you see, that's the thank you for the call. That's the problem I have with people to call up and say, well, government, why can't you just give migrants money? And, and th- there was a headline in the Daily Daily News that said that uh, the migrants are not happy. They're leaving. Good. You're finally getting the message. I don't mean to sound cruel. I really don't. But you're not welcomed here. I'm sorry. And here's the reason why you're not welcomed. Because our money has to go for us. Number one. Does your money in your country go for Americans? I don't think so. So why should you come here and get free, free, free? You want to have eight babies? Go for it. You want you want a public school education for each one of them while our kids suffer in an overcrowded classroom? Go for it. You want medical care? Go for it. You want you want food that that comes from your country that's cooked here? Go for it. You want your clothes cleaned, a cell phone, your beer, everything else? Go for it. I don't think so. If you now if now here's how you will be welcomed here if you come back the right way like everybody else. But no, and that's what the city should have done from day 1. I don't care what those folks on the left say. Those are the people, Mayor Adams, that got you where you are right now. Mayor Adams, if you don't wake up, I'm telling you this, right? So I normally wouldn't, I normally wouldn't use this term, but but yes, Mayor Adams and I are boys, right? You don't wake up, my brother, you will be the walking dead because you're close to being it right now, Mayor Adams. You are almost being talked about as an afterthought, and you're the mayor of New York City. You're the guy that said, my city, my clubs, my nightlife. The city is about to pass you on, Mr. Mayor, pass you by if you don't wake up. If you don't wake up, the plot is already being set for Andrew Cuomo to replace you. Now, I can't be any clearer than that. Whoever advised you on this migrant front, you need to fire them immediately. Whoever is handling your messaging is doing an awful job. Let's go to Marianne in Queens. Good morning, Marianne. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Uh, Okay. Hunter Biden, according with what is being said, he was affected by the accident that his family entered when he was a child. Now, why after his brother died of cancer, how come he entered an incestuous relationship with his sister-in-law, a relationship that was approved by Joe Biden and his wife, Jill Biden? That family has no, that family do not have family values. So what is it that this guy is learning exactly what his father is teaching him? And on top of that, we have all this scandal with money that have been accepted by, from China and everywhere making money in a very, very uh, dubious way. So where does he get that from? His father. There's no doubt about it. This is what I wanted to say about the Biden. Marianne, no, let me, let me, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you a question. So you said that 
uh, that President Biden, it's been widely reported that his brother died and he started uh, dating uh, his brother's uh, wife, right? So who says that Mr. Biden approved of that? And and Mrs. Biden, who says they approved uh, of it? Okay, because one of the, of the uh, things that we're saying in those days is that they both say that he deserved to make up with his life that both of them needed that relationship. You can look up. That was all over. Okay, okay, but that doesn't mean that they approve. That means that they're putting a good public face on a very bad situation. Okay, if he say that it was good, that he's trying to do something with his life with his sister-in-law, what this means? This is an approval, Dominic. No, it means that he's trying to put a, a good spin on a bad... Here's my question for you, Marianne. You tell me what parent, myself included, can control. Listen, it was a horrible situation. It should have never happened. But they're not the first ones, uh, spouses, to hook up with with spouses of brothers. They're not the the first ones to do it. And what parent you know can completely control an adult child? Please tell me. Um, Well, you know what? Uh, I believe that the approval of the parents have a lot to do with it. Because that's, I mean, that's actually after, or just after your brother died, you had to go with his wife. Nobody, that's nobody, no, nobody, him. nobody approves of that, Marianne. So, so what would you have liked for Mr. Biden to say about that? What, what would have pleased you? Okay. Don't say anything. Shut up your mouth. Okay, but you're going to be asked. asked. Wait, 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 Marianne. You're going to be asked by reporters. So you got to have a response. Well, well, you know what? He has to say that's his private life. I don't have anything to do with it. But he was actually making people believe that he was in it and that he approved it. If you don't think that's an approval, believe me. Everybody did believe but, but that. But Marianne, I, I, well, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't use words that everybody believes. That that's what people say when you can't back up your own argument. I don't, I don't buy into that, Marianne. All I'm saying to you is that he had Mr. Biden, and I'm not making an excuse for him. He had just lost one son to to cancer, right? And he's got another mm-hmm. son. And, and let's not forget what happened to his wife and 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 the the daughter from the car accident. And and you mm-hmm. you you got you got a child that let let's face it that that's screwing up, that's messed up in big ways. I mean, in major ways. All I'm trying to say is, what is he supposed to say? So 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 you you have your son that's an addict with 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 all of his problems and i mean major problems as we all know and then you have the the widow of your other son and those two hook up with each other what are you supposed to say publicly that's oh, all okay go ahead let me let me all right did you see that every time that somebody asks uh biden for something he will he would just do not answer and say that say nothing so he can he can do that in that time just don't give your opinion on that because no, that, he's that, 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 that's but not that's not guys, realistic. The press would oh. never the press would have demanded an answer. Marianne, there are certain things that a politician must answer must. And that's one of them. So he was well, going to have know. to say something now. Now, you're right. He could have said that he doesn't approve. But if they're already involved, <laughs> What are you going to do? That I'm not taking a right or a wrong position. I'm just trying to say, let's live in the real world. 
where in the real oh. world, so like my my own daughter, right? Do you think she does everything her father wants her to do? Hell no. Hell that's no, not Marianne. What I'm saying, yes, but that's not what I'm saying. I don't say the, that they, it was they, Biden. They, that they, they, there are it. people. There are people that I did not want my daughter to eight to date, or you know, years ago. Did that stop her from oh. doing it? What okay. parent do You're you asking... know? What parent do you know has total control over their child once they're an oh, adult? Okay. Okay, you ask me a question, what will I say? And I say that when my children do something that I don't like it, I say it. I don't right. want to approve But, Ma- but Marianne, you're not, do. you're speaking as a regular person. You're not speaking as a politician. When you're a politician, you're speaking to the masses. You've got to craft an answer. Thank you for the call, Marianne. You've got to craft an answer that resonates with the masses. There is a big difference then you responding to something and Biden responding to something. Listen, I'm sure Mr. Biden, it's screwed up. It's out. I mean, it's absolutely lunacy. Your son's an addict. I'm sure we don't know half the problems he went through with his son, Hunter. Right. And, and which includes sometimes cutting them off. Right. And then you, you have your other son's widow, and these two start having sex with each other. What are you supposed to say? You, you've got to craft some type of answer. Folks, I've got to take a break. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We will be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. They say this is a big, rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. So, I thought about this for a second. If I were in President Biden's situation, and I have two sons, and one died of cancer, and the other one uh, severely addicted to drugs and... uh, starts having sex and dating the wife of the one that died, what I would probably say is uh, I, I, I have no comment. I have no comment on my son's personal life. That's what I would probably say. And privately, there would be hell to pay. But, but, but when you're dealing with an addict, they don't care about hell. All they care about is more money to get high, period. So you can yell and scream all you want to. It's ineffective. It's not going to do anything. I want to focus for a moment, folks. And I'm here with you up until the top of the hour. Frank Morano standing by the other side of midnight at 1 a.m. I want to focus on a topic that's very, very important this time of year, and that's food insecurity. I've made no bones about it, talking about the fact uh, growing up, I remember well uh, when my grandmother's SSI check would run out in the middle of the month <clears throat> and the um, and the food stamps were, were gone. Uh, it was tough. It was tough. And so on Friday, I was watching Good Day New York. Um, and it, there's lots of fraud in the food stamp program still, but it also helps a lot of people. It helps a lot of people. So on Friday on Good Day New York, I was watching, and I did not expect to see our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, 
But he was there appearing on the show uh, with officials uh, that that help people that are dealing with food insecurity. And he made a a tremendous donation. And here is what it sounded like. You know who's here? Come on in here. John Katsimatidis, the head of, well, he's the head of so many darn things. John, uh, where do we start? Where, where do we start? Where do we start? Because I know you own a lot of supermarkets in New York City. Well, on behalf of Gristini's, on behalf of D'Agostino, on behalf of uh, a lot of our other companies, United Metro Energy and uh, our radio station, 77. This is, this is what I mean. He owns a lot of things in New York we City. We want to donate $10,000 at wholesale of Goya Foods. You know what it means, 10000 at wholesale? It's going to be $20,000 worth of food. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. Leslie? Uh, amazing. $20,000 worth of food translates to how many people are you helping? Yeah, um, it's about 20,000 people. John, we love and adore you. Your support matters and means so much to us. It's good to see you this holiday season again. And Goya Foods, right? What a better product. Um, it's, it's a quality product. It's a quality product. You're right. And we're so glad to be on the receiving end of it and get it out quickly to New Yorkers who love it and need it. John, thank you. I, well, thank I know you. The, the, the supermarket business is very near and dear to your heart. And I'm sure that you see a lot of people who come in there and can't afford to, you know, buy the things that they need for their families. Well, maybe we'll get you involved next year. We gave out 10,000 turkeys this year. Wow. And Thanksgiving. That's so, so nice. Maybe we'll get the food bank involved next year. I would love that. The all American holiday, right? What's better than that? All right, John. God bless America. Yeah. Never judge a book by its cover. I understand food insecurity very well. Let's call it for what it was when I was growing up in the Bronx, being hungry. Being hungry, not having food. And I know firsthand what programs and efforts like what Mr. Katsimatidis, what Mrs. Katsimatidis are doing, that how much it can help people. Because uh, in, in, in my day growing up in New York City, they, 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 in the Bronx, there were lines around the corner when they would give out what was referred to as government cheese. And uh, there were other products. And, you know, when you don't have... When you don't have folks, um, it means it means the world to you to receive. So thank you to Mr. Katsimatidis, to Mrs. Katsimatidis for doing that. Coming up at 45 minutes past the hour, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter. You may recall that coffee shop I told you about in Oakland, California, where there was anti-Semitism scrawled all over the bathroom and staffers blocked the woman from going back in there to record it. They literally blocked the uh, patron from going into the restroom. We'll have an update during uh, the Chronicles of uh, Dominic Carter. Let's go to Sandra in New Jersey. Good morning, Sandra. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Good morning. Um, You know, I wanted to, how you do? I love talking to you, and I love listening to you. I really think you're very, very smart. You're welcome. So I just wanted to ask you, you know, when you have addiction in the family, it becomes a family illness because everyone gets affected when you yes. have a, a family. Right. So when the person has 
the illness and the family, they all have to go to meetings, they have to go to programs, they have to get support, and they learn, I believe... Well, well wait, no, everybody doesn't have to go to meetings, but go ahead, everybody no, in the family. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, when you have addiction in the family and you want to get better, you all have to go to work, not just... The oh, go person. to work, so, okay, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, you know what, yes. so I'm wondering if Biden ever did anything in that regard because on the contrary he did everything they teach you not to do when you have addiction in the family he enabled that son so much and he exposed him to so much money and to so and that's the that's the worst thing you do when you have addiction in the family you have to go the other way you have to hit rock bottom and you have to learn that you want something, you have to earn it the right way, and you have to work hard to get better. And I don't think Biden ever really helped his son. That's my opinion. Well, you know what, Sandra? Uh, you, what? Ju- you just said something that's, um, that's, that's very true in terms of um, addicts have to hit rock bottom and, um, and they have to want help. Um, you know, I, I, I still remember I still remember, right? And I, I have a, I have a lot of respect for my grandfather. Understand what I'm saying, Sandra? Because my okay. family my family gets very sensitive when I talk about this. Okay. Um, with his heroin addiction, he was caught one of one of black men caught not just blacks, lots of races caught up with the heroin problem uh, in Harlem, and his was really, really, really bad. And okay. and I'm I'm proud of him because when he left this earth, I know he left this earth clean. But I I I recall like it was yesterday that if he knocked on the door, I was not allowed to open the door. He was not al- to talk about your point of hitting rock bottom. He was not right. allowed to visit the family because if he visited the family, there was a concern of what was he going to steal from the house. And okay. and when when addicts uh, when people that need help for I I prefer to say people who need help with drug addiction when it's really bad you know they will they will steal anything and attempt to sell it on the street some women prostituting their 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 body so I I don't know I'm not a psychologist I don't know what happened in the Biden situation I don't know what role uh, his wife uh, dying uh, Mr Biden and his daughter played and his relationship with his sons years later. I, I don't know. Right. I, I don't know. What do you think, Sandra, before I move on? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I really don't know. But I do know that people must have told uh, Mr. Biden, President Biden, you know, there are meetings out there that you could go to and you can learn how to, to handle your son better. You can learn. You But there's always, you know, there's always two sides to the story. And, 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 he, and I think that he should have gone to meetings and, and learned how to handle this problem with his son, but he probably never did because if he did go, he would have said it. I, I think he would have said it. He would have even promoted the, pro- there's a 12 step program that, that, that he never once mentioned that his son went to, well, maybe he did not part. No, I'm sure the son probably did go to a 12 step program, but the, but the father's supposed to go also and everybody's supposed to learn. And that's how you get better. I think. So I never once heard the father say that he went to support groups to try to help his son, because if maybe if he did, he would have handled everything totally different with his son. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough, Sandra. Thank you for the call. Let's go from New Jersey to Queens. Mimi, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I, I, I want to talk about um, Governor Cuomo. 
He's a uh, he's a poison. He introduced no bail. He uh, enabled marijuana. He made it legal. He uh, put seniors back into nursing homes. He didn't use the Javits Center. He didn't use the boats that uh, President Trump offered to him. Okay, so Mimi, uh, Mimi, let's say everything that you're saying is completely accurate. Why is he number one in the poll then? Should Adams be forced to step down? We have to get someone like a Republican. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're not, you're not Mimi, 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 you're not Mimi, Mimi. You're not answering my question. They don't know what he's done to the city, okay, but, to okay. the state of New York. Okay, I am so, 74 years old. I know what he has done. Okay. And then uh, uh, Trump had, went to the young Republican. He, there were thousands of people outside the Bronx for him. He said, Trump, get out of this city. He, he evicted Trump. He evicted America. So we got to get somebody into the black churches to tell them. To eviscerate uh, Mimi, Governor Cuomo. Mimi, listen, I know this is not going to make you happy. Cuomo has it a base. make me happy for the children. What he did with the marijuana okay. for the children. I sent him so many Mimi, letters. Mimi, Cuomo has a constituency in the city's minority community. I, I'm, sor- I'm get, sorry, get Mimi. Get somebody else into the minority. Okay. Okay. Get somebody else to go into the minority. As to uh, uh, President Biden, he said his son is good. He doesn't lie. And uh, he uh, puts him on his plane. And he, uh, and he, uh, he, he denies everything about his son. First of all, his wife caused the accident. And his wife... Uh, So, so Mimi, Mimi, wait, 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 Mimi, 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 wait, wait, wait. And I know we got a break for the Chronicles. I don't know who caused the accident, but let's just say you're, wait, wait, Mimi, 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 let's let's say you're right. Let's say that she caused the accident. The woman still lost her life and her daughter's dead. Does it really matter? Does it does it really matter who caused it? Does it? Okay, Mimi, 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 whatever. He's blaming everything on the loss of his son, his second, his oldest son, who is on drugs. It has not has not he's, he, with the with the businesses he's condoning everything that he does and okay. he doesn't say to his son stop let's work together and get rid of this don't do this he never said it to his well, son I, I don't know I, I, Mimi Mimi thank me Mimi thank Mimi 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 thank you for the call let's lower Mimi. Thank you for the call. I don't know what Biden said, tells, says to his son in private. I know they got a big problem coming up with the election year, and Biden is on the ropes to begin with. So this is nothing but a net liability for the Democratic president. When we come back, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter. WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. You may recall the story I told you folks about out in Oakland, California, where the employees blocked a Jewish female customer from using a bathroom. This needs to happen all across the country and world. You engage in anti-Semitism. Bye-bye. 
you are the weakest link, you're fired. After issuing an apology on Friday, after the video surfaced, showing the employees at the Oakland uh, coffee shop blocking a Jewish woman from a bathroom while making anti-Israel comments, the owners have now fired the employees allegedly involved in this situation. So the bottom line, and this is what it should come down to, it's either you that engages in the anti-Semitism or it's my business. And it's not going to be my business, so you've got to walk the plank bye-bye. The owners continued to say that acts of hate will not be tolerated in their business. And um, a statement says, we will not tolerate any behavior at Farley's that makes people feel unwelcome or unsafe because this act was not aligned with our values. The employees involved in this incident are no longer employed by Farley's. Bravo to Farley's. And so a uh, friend of the show, Miguel, New York City Latino on uh, on Twitter and X, Miguel and I talked last week and he felt that uh, Officer uh, Derek Chauvin is where he belongs in jail. And uh, he felt the situation with George Floyd, that the video spoke for itself. So I'm looking at a comment that he just sent to me. I begged him. I said, Miguel, Please look at the new documentary and then let me know your opinion. And he says here, uh, I saw I saw this and I have to say I was wrong. Oh, my God. This cop needs to get another trial because these lawyers, Ben Crump, lied. This man was totally sick and taking drugs. He was not fully healthy. And so, Miguel, that's all I'm saying to all of you, right? Right. And and I get it, folks. I'm under I'm under enormous pressure as an African-American. Dominic, how can you go against George Floyd? How can you do it, Dominic? Well, it's real simple because I sleep really good at night. Right. And it's real simple because all you have to do is look at the documentary that has the body camera videos. Unfortunately, Mr. Floyd was high out of his mind and refused to get into the patrol car. And it one thing it, now 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 the video with Mr. Mr. Chauvin's uh, knee in his on his neck that's inappropriate. I don't know how long it lasted. The the, the public theory out there is oh for 9 minutes he had his knee on his neck. Dominic it's on video. How could you say that? Well one his knee was not on his neck for a full nine minutes. And Mr. Or, or, or former officer Chauvin, who was stabbed 22 times in prison, uh, claims that it was that, that it's part of a procedure that they were taught in the Academy where when you have someone that's high out of their mind and handcuffed and you still can't get control of them, you, you put your knee on their back. This is what he claims they were taught in the Academy. So, Miguel, I thank you for your uh, for your email. Maybe you can give me a call tomorrow morning show and we can uh, talk about this. But the video, the documentary is The Fall of Minneapolis. The Fall of Minneapolis. Let's go to Steve in Brooklyn. Good morning, Steve. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yes, good morning. I'll, I'll get to Cuomo in a second, but just pursuant to the matter of the Biden family, um, Joe Biden, it would seem, sacrificed to his personal ambition and power hungriness and greed. He probably uh, sacrificed paying attention to the very needy uh, son 
who was also addicted. One I, thing I, he might I think, have done I think, is- I think that's a fair statement to make, Steve. But but yeah. Biden, but Biden wouldn't be the first politician, I know, or journalist to ignore his family yeah. to focus on his career. It's like a classic Greek tragedy. But on to Cuomo. Um, I'm older. I, I like very much what you said about the black community is already in Cuomo's pocket and corner. But I would try to remind them, I'm old enough to remember the very tragic story of Billy Boggs. Billy Boggs was a homeless black lady from the South who was living on the street, on a grating above the subway. She defecated on the street and had no home. Her sister came up from, I think, South Carolina and pleaded with Mayor Ed Koch to get help for her, for her sister. She was mentally ill, and Ed Koch did everything he could to try to get her housed in Bellevue, the psychiatric hospital at the time. Andrew Cuomo, the son of Mario Cuomo, who was running for mayor, or uh, was running at that time, um, Andrew did everything he could to lambast um, Koch, and also he took the side of Norman Siegel, the head of the Civil Liberties Union, that sued the mayor and said, no, no, you have to allow the rights of Billy Boggs to sleep on the street and defecate there, even if she freezes to death. So Andrew Cuomo was implicated already in that terrible incident, and he is an incredible hypocrite these days to be singing the opposite song. Well, you know, I I recall that John Rowland, the star anchor at Channel 5, got in a lot of trouble for taking on that situation I remember uh, that too, yeah. And um and in you know, he was right to take it on. And uh, you know, Cuomo these days is singing a tune of that it's not right to leave these people, meaning the homeless individuals, the mentally ill individuals on the street. You know, I, I don't know if it's gonna work or not. I, I don't know what dominoes are gonna fall as it relates to Eric Adams. But I am telling you folks, you can hate Cuomo all you want. If Adams is gone, Andrew Cuomo is the next mayor of New York City. Right. You can can yell and scream and do anything you want. To give our uh, wonderful black fellow citizens the chance to think about it, he's uh, he's like a weather vane that just switches direction wherever the wind is blowing. And that's fair to say. That's that's fair to state, state, Steve, uh, you know, a typical politician. Right, typical politicians, and they're the worst for us. Right, right, right. I mean, you know, uh, you you would hope that that if and, and we don't know if Adam. Thank you for the call, Steve. A wonderful call. We don't know if Adams is going to be gone. Uh, we we don't we don't know. Oh, it is a mess. It's a mess. Now, Mister Adams, you could not have avoided your issue with the feds, but the issue with the migrants. Why would you put all your capital into this situation? It should have been real simple. Day one at City Hall. Listen, it's me or them, and it ain't going to be me. So you better turn them around. I don't care if they don't like it. And if I got to take them, make their lives a living hell in the shelter system until they get out of here. That's what I would have told my deputy mayor. Or, or, or I would have given my key deputy mayor the look which means that it's something that you know what I'm stating, but I can't say it verbally. So I just give you a nod, and you know exactly what that means. If I got to take them, you're not getting star treatment. If I got to take them, 
you're going to Floyd Bennett Field on day one. Now, I know they have to work it out with the feds and so on. All this hotel Manhattan stuff, absolutely not. Wouldn't happen on my watch. I wouldn't care what the left said. Scream, protest. As a matter of fact, the more you protest, the more it's going to help me with moderates. Protests, screams, uh, set up encampments. The more you protest, the more it's going to help me with moderates and mainstream voters. Do whatever, but they're not going to get a free ride on my watch. That's what that's what should have been. Now the city is coming along. You have 60 to 30 days to get out. It should have been that from day one. You have to have a deterrent factor in this accepting migrants. If you don't, it becomes a get-over factory, meaning that they will abuse you every step of the way. And that is exactly what has happened. Adam and Mineola, good morning. What's on your mind? Good morning, sir. Um, I agree with you, uh, Dominic. Um, there's no Republican out there that you can think of that'll be Cuomo. That's and not what I said. That's not all. that's not what I said. I said that Cuomo's uh, the next mayor. Said, I didn't say anything about a Republican. New York is an overwhelmingly Democratic city, Adam, but you never know when there's a Giuliani in the waiting. You cannot just automatically say, you, you know, I, I don't know what would happen. It, it would appear unlikely that a Republican could win. But anyway, continue, please. Yeah, but, you know, I, okay, I, I hear what you're saying, sir. Um, I know Mr. Uh, Cuomo did some greasy stuff in his time as governor. But like you said, man, he, there's something about him, man, that he will get the black and Hispanic vote and the progressive whites all day long, sir. I just wanted to say that, sir. Okay, well, fair, fair enough. Uh, thank you for the call, Adam and Mineola. Phil and Queens, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. <laughs> Good morning, Dominic. Good morning. Um, so I recently this week, I've been convicted of uh, obstructing an official proceeding, okay. trespassing, hey, remaining. Hey, Phil, 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 I, I, please do me a favor. I mistimed here. Please call me tomorrow. I would love to hear your story. Just I'm out of time. Frank Morano's here. And so please call me tomorrow, Phil. Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. What do you have coming up, sir? All right. Well, I have uh, assembled a panel of uh, three former lawyers who are also convicted felons. They're going to do some legal analysis of Hunter Biden, Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, and more. America's greatest weatherman, Lloyd Lindsey Young, will tell us if the Noah's Ark we're living in will ever come to an end. And an Emmy Award-winning actress whose husband was a hero cop, is in some legal trouble. She's going to give us an update on her husband's case. And how was your weekend? Quickly. Outstanding. All right. Frank Morano, The Other Side of Midnight, coming up right now.